feel like we should have known this already Were we even taught this at all? And welcome to Will This Be On The Test? This is Maddie. This is Austin. And we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And sometimes we talk about how we're going to change things up a little bit because we went on vacation and other stuff has happened. Yeah, this is actually something we've been talking about doing for a while, um, where we kind of either pre-record some episodes or if we're running behind on time, we would do this. It is based on, so unsurprisingly, when I was in high school, I did forensics, the competitive speaking and acting kind, not the... What? You know they offer that as a class in high school sometimes now, like the kind where you cut buddies open and you discover stuff? Wow. I know, I re- absolutely would have taken that in high school. I probably would have gone farther into science if I had to do that instead of chemistry and physics. No, I didn't do physics, but I did chemistry, and uh, my teacher intentionally failed me, and that sounds like me being petty but no i literally went in for help on an assignment yeah got a zero in the assignment and she smirked and said the answers were still wrong though when i asked her how i got a zero on an assignment she helped me with oh that's disgusting i I love chemistry i did great yeah of course i i feel like i would have loved chemistry with a different teacher yeah okay anyway so this is kind of based loosely on an event called extemporaneous speaking And I do say loosely because they have a lot more limitations on it. In forensics, it's a, here is a question we're posing to you. You have 30 minutes to research and write a seven or eight or 10. I don't remember because I didn't compete in this category because I also did debate and I wanted to do something completely different from debate. Um, But you have that amount of time to create a speech on that topic, answering that question And I believe even today you don't have access to the internet while you do it. I think you have to go use the school's library. Wow. But obviously we're grownups and we do what we want. So what we're doing is giving each other a topic. Neither one of us knows what topic we're getting. Then we're going to stop recording. We are going to go research for 30 minutes and come back and tell you what we learned in those 30 minutes. The one thing I think we need to agree on right now is, yes, we can use Wikipedia, but we can't just summarize a Wikipedia page. Agreed. Okay. All right. So, are we clear on the rules? I think we're clear on the rules. All right. So, unlike Extemp, it doesn't have to be a question, but it can be. Austin, what is my topic? Your topic is Wojtek the Bear. I will need you to spell that for me. W-O-J-T-E-K. Okay. Okay. Your topic... Is the Greenbrier ghost, including a little bit about why we should have learned about the Greenbrier ghost in school. Ooh, interesting. So mine is Rorschach the bear? Wojdek. Wojdek. Yeah. W-O-J-D-A-K? W-O-J-T-E-K. T-E-K. Okay, and yours is the Greenbrier ghost. Okay, so do you know anything about Wojdek the bear going into this? Um, my brain goes to Russian circus bear, so... Oh, probably very wrong. Yeah. I'm imagining a bear wearing a fez for some reason. I don't know. No. Um, I'm assuming you've at least heard of the Greenbrier ghost. I'm sure I have. I've heard of, um, believe it or not, uh, Maddie tells me about lots of ghosts. 
Mm-hmm. And so I've probably heard about this one. It's just mixed up with a dozen other ghosts. Okay. So you'll probably hear I go, oh, this one, in like a minute or two from me. Well, you, the listeners, won't, but Maddie will. Yep. So we are going to shut this down because I don't really think you want to listen to 30 minutes of dead air with the occasional yell at each other. Um, but aren't you glad I didn't give you something bluegrass related? I gave you something that it's I actually... True. I actually wanted to cover this as a full episode, but I figured it would be kind of fun to hear you go into it. Ooh, okay. All right. So we'll talk at you again in 30 minutes. And we are back. Oh, boy. That was an exciting half an hour of scribbling notes. See, I did it the new-fashioned way and used a computer. I used a computer for my research, but, you know, I don't do that all the time. See, this is why I ended up with twice as many sources as you and was able to do a grammar and spelling check. Oh, uh, mine is um, scribbled garbage with two sources. Although I can't promise that the flow will be great because I was kind of sticking things in like to different spots. Yeah. Where normally I would go through to all of this and then move stuff around afterwards. Yeah. But I don't know. This, this should be fun. Yeah. Mine was I read through this, I, a, a thing, then a thing, like a description of it that was really brief. Then I went through and read the transcripts from the trial. Trial? Oh, yeah. There's a trial. Tell us, how does a ghost lead to a trial? I mean, we've already talked about the haunting in Nyack way back towards the beginning, yeah. which if you like uh, ghosts and the legal system, check out that episode. Well, this is another time where that happened, so I'm going to get into it. So the green bi- briar ghost. The ghost is Zona Hester Shue. They lived in gr- she lived in Greenbrier, West Virginia, in the late 1800s. What a great name. Yeah, I know. It, it was it was with an E, by the way. B-R-I-E-R. Okay. Oh, I think we were off mic. I couldn't remember if it was A-R or E-R. Yeah. And... <laughs> Sorry, our cat just stuck her whole leg under the door. And uh, she, lived, she lived there with her husband, Erasmus Stribbing Trout Shoe. Or as he was going at the time, Edward. Because, um, well, let's start off with, uh... Zona's mother did not like Shu. Like, just how, like, we all hate Mr. Shu from Glee. Oh, Mr. Shu. He's the worst. Well, some of the reasons that she didn't like him and why he went as Edward now instead of Erasmus was he had a criminal record. He had served two years for horse theft. <coughs> now, is it that he went by Edward or was that the name that he put on paperwork? I thought he went by Trout. Oh, he went by a lot of names. He had a criminal record for horse theft. He had also been married twice before. Uh-huh. Uh, the first marriage um, was ended in a divorce after he abandoned her and the child. The second one ended when he accidentally dropped a brick on her head and killed her while he was doing some house repairs on the roof. I hate it when you do that to me. You, I know. Every time you're like, it's an accident. I'm like, then why is this happening consistently? Well, you keep dropping coconuts on my head. Also, hoping why are amnesia. you carrying br- b- bricks onto the roof in the first place? Where are you getting all these coconuts that you're dropping on my head? The grocery store. I also get my bricks at the grocery store. They don't sell bricks at the grocery store. They do if you steal them from the outside of the store. Why do they have bricks outside the store? They make up the walls. Are you taking down the walls of the grocery store? I am disestablishing the grocery store. Disassembling? Disassembling. The establishment. I'm disassembling the establishment. Okay. Uh, well, I am anti-disestablishmentarianism, so <laughs> I don't remember what that means. But, you know, uh, they ended up getting married. They actually eloped, even though mom hated him, probably because mom hated him. 
Yeah. But then in 1897, uh, Mr. Shu asked a neighborhood boy to go. Hey, it's like, hey, kid, would you run to my house and go ask my wife if she wants anything from the store? As you do. Because, you know, it's very important that you do that. Mm -hmm. So he goes there and when he arrives, he sees a trail of blood and Zona Shu dead on the ground. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Dr. Knapp. K and A P P, not like Z snap, mm-hmm. was called to was called to the scene, but he was unable to resuscitate. Uh, by this time, Mister Shu was there, cradling her head and saying, "Please do whatever you can to bring her back." So he's trying to resuscitate her while Mister Shu is not allowing him to touch her. Yeah, uh, he also asked the doctor not to examine her body, and also he was the one who prepared it for burial using a stiff collar and scarves. Hold up her head, even though witnesses said her head was extra floppy, almost like she had a broken neck. Hmm. Nothing suspicious here. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. So, uh, he would actually, during, like, the funeral, he was sitting next to the head of her coffin and was very protective of it when people were coming in to, like, you know, pay their respects to her and all of this stuff. He would not leave the head of her coffin. And was making sure no one ever got a real good look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, you know, this was 1897, and uh, she was buried, and there was no charge of murder made. Well, what were they saying happened to her? Well, they said, oh, it was heart failure or complications from miscarriage. Yeah, didn't they call it, like, everlasting sleep or something when it was heart failure but a woman's? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they had to, like, you couldn't just say it's like, oh, yeah, her... It's like, oh, she got a bad ticker. You can't say it was a lady. You got to make it all romantic. Okay, Austin, if I die of heart failure, because Austin's under strict orders to put in my obituary how I died, no matter how embarrassing it is, because that's always why you're looking at obituaries anyway. If I die of heart failure, you have to use the phrase bad ticker. I will. It's like... all The same thing goes for I'm trying to disassemble a bomb. Her heart ticked its last talk. Weirdly, while she was filming a TikTok. Yeah. On the test pod on TikTok. (laughs) But things were not so simple because four separate nights, Zona's ghost appeared before her mother and on the fourth night revealed to her the secrets that in fact she was murdered by her husband. What was she doing the other three nights? Just chilling? Just convincing her that yes, I am real. And so naturally, uh, her mother was going around saying, hey, this ghost has came to me and t- is telling me that my daughter, my daughter's ghost is coming to me and telling me that her husband killed her. Her husband killed her and we need to solve her murder or she'll never rest. I'm exaggerating slightly, but still she was going around telling everybody this. And at first people thought, oh, you're being hysterical. You were probably dreaming, you know, your daughter's dead and it's very stressful and you're a woman. <laughs> In fairness, you've said many of those things to me about our ghost until you had somebody else corroborate that our ghost is here. Hey, always corroborate your evidence. Uh, But then, as she was spreading this around, people thought, well, maybe there's something to it. Because they do remember him acting suspicious and the floppy neck thing and, like, all of this other stuff. It's like, huh, maybe there's something to this. And eventually, it was enough, and she'd convinced other people, men... That, hey, that maybe that we should examine this body more closely. Because they realized, no, we never did a full examination because he didn't want us to do an examination. Yeah, Dr. Knapp was like, 
I wanted to because it's my job. Yeah. But it was enough for them to finally agree to exhume the body and do a full examination. Um, Mr. Shu was there protesting the entire time. And he was basically sitting there sulking and whittling while they were examining the body. You know, I once got a substitute teacher fired for that. Examining a body? No, sulking and whittling. Oh. But when a kid asked him why he had a knife because he was whittling while they were doing something, um, he made some kind of threatening comment about the knife. <laughs> so that will get you fired. Yeah. So, yeah, they exam- they examined the body for three days. They tested it for poisons. We're examining it. And, but Mr. Shu, as I mentioned he was present, would get uh, visibly nervous whenever they went to examine her head. And the neck was... Uh, vi- they f- discovered it in the skin that the neck was in fact broken, but it was very cleanly broken, and so it was not immediately evident that her neck was broken. Okay. But it was broken, and it just took them a while to notice it, hence the three-day examination. Huh. And then the doctor said, Well, Shu, we have found your wife's neck to be broken. Um, they went home, and the next day... Uh, Mr. Shu was arrested and uh, put in jail without bond, so he would not be let out on bail. I mean, can we be sure there wasn't an owl involved? There could have been an owl. Like an owl that just made her fall down some stairs or something? Oh! I thought you were like making uh, to uh, that Owl Creek story where that guy gets hanged. Hung? When it's a person, they get hanged. Okay. When it's a photograph, they get hung. Yes. Although it gets complicated when it's a photograph of a hanged person or when it's a photograph being hung from a hanged person with a photo of another hanged person in the photograph and so on and so forth until you have the most disgusting meta thing happening. And then, you ha- and then the, the, of course, because it's so weird, that's where all the teens like to hang. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. And what is the punishment for loitering? Hanging. <laughs> and so then uh, he sat there in, in the courthouse until the circuit judge came around. And then there was the murder trial. And at first it was, you know, his defense saying everything is circumstantial. But then they started pointing out the evidence of, you know, there's this stuff. We found her neck was broken uh, as though by very strong hands. And guess what? Uh, Mr. Shoes, the blacksmith, he's got real strong hands. And all this other stuff. Did they find bruises or anything? Yeah. Yes, they did. And then there was the witness for the trial. The mother came up and told the story about how she had prayed that her daughter would return from the grave to solve her murder and how the ghost visited her four times and she was not dreaming. She was awake as she was now. And they described, they described her, she, and the fourth night she described her death at the hands of her husband and he was found guilty. Using spectral evidence. Using spectral evidence. Um, they wanted, he did not get the death penalty, but the locals said to hell with that. And they wanted to lynch him because you know what? Uh, he broke her neck. We should break his. But uh, one person uh, managed to get the sheriff who showed up on the scene and protected him at gunpoint. And eventually they managed to calm the crowd down and they went away. But he was very close to being lynched. Yeah, there's a like. I, I understand the desire for vigilante justice. I genuinely do, but it doesn't it doesn't help. And uh, so he went to he went to the penitentiary penitentiary where he died eight years later of an unknown plague. Kind of like Jeffrey Epstein. 
I saw a couple sources that said flu, flu, but the other source said unknown plague. And the more official looking source said unknown plague, so I'm going with that one. Uh, but nobody claimed his body and he was buried at the prison. So you asked me to figure out why we should learn about this in school. Uh-huh. And the reason is because this is the only case in which a in America in which a ghost's testimony was used as evidence in a trial. Yep. So, yeah, that is the Greenbrier haunting. And it's like, there's a lot. There was a lot. Yes, it's, it is I, heavy. <coughs> I had to, like, really skim through stuff. Yeah, it is actually a really heavy one that could have been a whole, like, two-part episode if I really wanted yeah. to dive into it. Um, and because, it's fascinating because, like, we had allowed, like, kind of spectral evidence during the witch trials, but it became frowned upon because spectral evidence. But it is not the last time a ghost has managed to solve their own murder in the United States. Oh. That is actually very, very recent. I can't remember her name. But she basically went to a random person she only kind of knew and was like, I was killed by this guy named Steve because she was found like in a burning apartment underneath a mattress. She's like, maybe you could go get Steve checked out. And they were like, um, we'd rather not come across as crazy, please. And thank you. But ultimately it was Steve and it all like. Everything that her ghost supposedly told this this woman turned out to be true. And she made her husband go talk to the police. And he was like, if I remember right, her husband was like a respected doctor. And he was like, um. <laughs> they didn't actually use the ghost's testimony in the courtroom, if I remember right, though. It was actually just like, we have found actual evidence of this. Why, Steve, you ask? Don't ask. <laughs> now, part of me thinks like, ooh, it was a ghost. But another part of me thinks, I wonder if... Her mother had noticed all of this stuff, and it's like, no one's going to listen to me unless... You know, I guess that could be true, except there is one thing that you missed. Oh, really? Um, Zona and her mother had not spoken. (gasps) Therefore, Zona's mother had never seen Zona's house, and Zona was able to describe where something in the house was. Ooh. So... Yeah, it's like there was a very long transcript. Yes. I was kind of skipping through it. Yeah, and during the court, they tried to get her to not talk about the ghost, and she managed to not to until the defense showed up and didn't give her a choice. Yeah. Fun story. Bad I like, story, but fun story. It, it was, like, very... I mean, it's, like, it's courtroom like, drama. Also, like, Zona was previously... Uh, had previously lost a child with another guy, and her life was just a hot mess. Like... It, she could easily have been a, a more recent true crime story with just how everything went south for her. But damn it, her mom came through in the end and was like, fuck this, listen to the ghost. Always listen to your ghosts. Always listen to your ghosts. They're trying to tell you something. All right, are you ready for mine? I am ready. So this is the topic that Austin gave me. Voitech. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's Voitech. Voitech the bear. That's right. It's a the W's or V's. Voitech, his story starts like every other Disney movie. A cute animal's mother is shot by hunters, and <laughs> some kind people show up and care for it. Except in this case, the people are the Anders Army, who were deported from Russia after the Germans invaded in 1941, accompanying Polish deportees who thought it'd be really fun to have a bear for a pet. <laughs> Particularly the niece of General Boleslaw Vienava de Glowskin. 
I said that perfectly. Oh, yes. Uh, who thought the bear was super cute. Apparently, he was purchased for a few Persian coins, chocolate, a tin of beef, and a Swiss army knife. Because what would you do for a Klondike bear? <laughs> he wasn't a Klondike bear. He was a Syrian brown bear, just to be clear. After that, he spent three months in a refugee camp where he used up a large amount of the supplies. <laughs> in addition, Irina, the, the niece uh, who really wanted him, was taking care of him. But he caused a lot of trouble by eating all the refugees' food and stealing their underwear. Stealing their underwear? Yes, specifically an entire clothesline full of women's underwear. <gasps> oh, that naughty bear. He, he has a thing for women, as we will find out. So basically, this is like a naughty Paddington. Yes. Now, I was going to make a joke about this being like a waste of energy and money, but apparently it was actually really common for troops to have animal mascots during this time. And he was really good for morale. He was ultimately donated to the second transport company and given his name, which is Wojtek. Wojtek. Um, which is a diminutive name meaning happy warrior in Slavic and is still commonly used in Poland. Oh, okay. Now, diminutive meaning like William being turned into Willie. Like, oh, mm -hmm. look at you, you know? Little guy. So the bear would continue with his group through Iraq and Egypt, just being like a super chill bear. They trained him along the way to be to be nice to people and play tricks on people. <laughs> he thought he was a person and he started like automatically mimicking them. So things like they marched standing up. So he marched standing up. I saw pictures of him for his entire life and he was really fucking cute. And I would very much like a bear for a friend now, even though... Uh, Wojtek wasn't healthy, and he could not swallow solid foods. So they would do things like feed him milk from vodka bottles Aww. and honey until he could actually build up some strength, and he was able to eat fruit and some other, like, you know, normal bear foods. And later, beer, cigarettes, and coffee, because it was the 1940s in Europe and nothing mattered. Hey, listen, everyone was living on beer, cigarettes, and coffee during that time. They literally would hand him a lit cigarette. He would take a single puff, just like the people, then he'd eat the cigarette. Because <laughs> he's a bear. He also drank the beer from a bottle, and then would look into the bottle and go like, where the fuck did my beer go? <laughs> beer ultimately was his favorite drink. Now, the, it sounds like he was just a party bear, but he wasn't. He also snuggled with the soldiers when they got cold. Oh, Like, they, he slept with the soldiers. He had his own crate, too, but, like, when it was cold, he would go and snuggle with them. Um, additionally, he would do things like chase oranges the troops were using for grenade practice, break into communal showers to turn on the water to the point where he started water shortages, <laughs> because this was in the Middle East at this point, and oh. he had limited water. Yeah. So he would chase the oranges and eat them to get the, to get the water, and he would turn on and use all of their water so he would have something to drink. <laughs> the people taught him to pick up new recruits and hold them upside down and pretend he was going to eat them. <laughs> but by all accounts, he never once actually hurt any people. He did not like another bear they adopted or a monkey they adopted, but it doesn't sound like he hurt them. He just was like, fuck you guys, I was here first. But he also liked to get into his own mischief, like sneaking into the stores and eating all of their food on Christmas. <laughs> oh my god. Is It's Paddington. It's Paddington. It's horny Paddington. But then came the time the group needed to get onto a British transport ship to fight in the Italian campaign. They weren't allowed to bring mascots or pets on board. So they did the most logical thing. 
made him a private in the Polish army. (laughs) He had a pay book. He had a serial number. He had everything. And he actually proved to be good at his job. (laughs) Um, They say that he carried things for them. Stuff that would take four men to carry. He'd just be like, bet, and go pick it up and carry it on his own. Like, he would watch them, see what they were doing, and copy them. But he would do it by himself because he was a bear uh, who weighed over 400 pounds. (laughs) But because he weighed over 400 pounds, he got double rations. They didn't really seem to mind, though, because they would wrestle and they would play soccer with him. And everybody who saw him said that the bear treated them like like he was one of them. Like, this is my this is my family. These are the things we do. These are things we have fun together. Um, he was so good at his job of carrying things and just keeping up morale that he was ultimately promoted to corporal. <laughs> and an emblem of him carrying the materials was adopted by the 22nd Company. His... Oh, come on. His biggest achievement was at the Battle of Monte Cassino, where he was constantly resupplying the Allied forces by, like, he would carry new bottle back boxes of artillery to them, except maybe not. A member of the 22nd Transport Company, Heinrich Zagayevich, Zek- uh, said those were actually empty crates or used shells, and he was actually one of the bear's two primary caregivers, so there is a good chance that All of this is a lie. (laughs) Other than the fact that they had a bear uh, for a dude bro. It's like, listen, this is, we gotta get our, our bear pals gotta stick with us. Yeah, it's like, but, you know, can you imagine being on the other side of that military and seeing a bear even carrying, like, empty boxes around? It's a good morale booster for for the side he's on and a bad morale booster for the ones that he's not. They brought a fucking bear with them. Now, Wojtek also had a best friend who was named Wojciech. Nerebski, which coincidentally is the full form of Wojtek's name. So it was Wojciech and Wojtek. So like William and Willie. Nerebski was a 17-year-old soldier who was called to meet with his commanding officer in October of 1942 only to encounter a bear sleeping outside the tent. And he was like, what the damn hell? Um, But uh, he became best friends with the bear. (laughs) Like, for the next three years, they were just hanging out together and would, like, ha- they had, like, this really special bond. And Nerebski talked about, like, he was really good for morale. He made everybody feel good. He was kind of, like, you know, I, I had a fish in my classroom where if my kids were upset, I could tell them they could talk to the fish. And it doesn't, it's not the same thing as talk to the hand. It's, like, they wanted something that they could talk to that would just listen. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like Wojtek filled that void a little bit. <laughs> um... The bear thought he was so human, though, that one time he and the others, including uh, Wojciech, weren't going driving near the beach, and there were some girls out at the beach, and Wojciech was like, oh, I got this, and he jumped out of the whatever vehicle they were in and ran to the beach where all the Italian girls were bathing. Oh, no. And his bestie had to run out after them and attempt to explain to the Italian girls that he was not going to hurt him, that he was a nice bear. <laughs> Ultimate frat boy boy moment right there. Do, I, do you think they did that? Or was this like a, oh no, my dog got away from me, but it was a bear and they didn't fully think it through? Um, I don't think so, because this comes from an interview with Narevsky 70 years later. Okay. Um. All right. So the war ends and Wojtek goes to live in Berwickshire, England, or Scotland, 
where the 22nd company, which is what, what his troop had been renamed to, also lived for the time. Once they were disbanded, he was given to the Edinburgh Zoo, where the remaining soldiers visited him often and they would throw cigarettes to him. And he was just a popular attraction in general. Norebsky, however, went back to Poland. Um, and so he was separated from Wojtek for the rest of his life. And even then, like, he tried to stay in contact with the guys in Scotland and he lost contact with them because it wasn't easy considering everything that was happening in the Soviet Union and Poland at the time. Poland really wanted Wojtek to come to the zoo there, but the remaining guys in Scotland and Scotland itself were like, fuck you, you're not turning this adorable bear into a symbol of communism. So Edinburgh is where he stayed. Nerevsky said he thought back on Wojtek frequently and even spent the rest of his life viewing him as an older brother. The bear was, because he was a 17 year old kid. Yeah. Um, he did manage to find out that Wojtek died in 1963 at the age of 21, and he said it was a very sad day for him. Uh, part of the cause of death was damage to his esophagus, likely due to the cigarettes. So it's not just kids who shouldn't smoke, it's also bears. There was a documentary of him made in 2011. Uh, there are many, many statues throughout different parts of Europe with him. And there was supposed to be an animated project called A Bear Named Wojtek that was supposed to be released on May 8th, 2020, but it actually doesn't look like it ever got made. Um, like they had, a, they had secured people in Poland, but they had not secured people in the UK for it yet. And they needed both. And they were also planning on hand drawing the whole thing. But this sounds like it needs to be a Disney movie. So maybe Disney just got the rights to the story of Wojtek, the happy warrior bear. Oh, you missed uh, one of my favorite stories. And this one is of dubious truth. Mm -hmm. But there was a story that apparently uh, he caught some German spies who were like, you know, he actually captured a German spy. That wasn't even in the Wikipedia page. It was in something I read <laughs> at one point. Yeah, but at one point, this bear caught a spy. I mean, I could see it working. Yeah. So, yeah, he was kind of cool to learn about, although I do wish he'd been wearing a fez. I feel like that would have added something to this whole thing. It's like, maybe he had one. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. But you know what? He was uh, he was in the army, so I don't think that was part of the uniform. Although I didn't think, like, okay, he died at 21. Hey, Google, how long do brown bears in captivity live? On the website a-c-animals.com, they say they live an average 20 to in the wild, while some captive brown bears have lived in their 40s. Yeah, he died. More, look for the link in Google Home or Google Assistant. Okay, so he died comparatively young. Again, don't give cigarettes to bears. And kids, don't start smoking. Yeah. Or else you'll die in a zoo in Edinburgh. Yeah, but at least then they got to go to Scotland. And also, we just talked about how much we like zoos. It's true. Um, kids, don't start smoking, or Smokey the Bear will judge you for potentially causing a wildfire. And while we're on that topic, don't have a gender reveal party that can cause a wildfire, or have a gender reveal party at all, because it's kind of weird to go to an event where you're like, hmm, wonder what the genitals of this infant will be. See, why can't we just do it the old-fashioned way and get a soothsayer to just, you know, declare it over a sacrifice? Did you know that oracles in ancient Greece were frequently just people sitting over, um, like, gas leaks? So they actually were having visions because they were high as fuck. 
which was actually a topic a friend of mine did was a forensics piece. Oh, wow. And we we bring it all back together. Look at you. Yes, I hope... This is why you, like, wanted this stuff, and I had some hastily scribbled notes. You know, this was kind of a fun way to do it. I hope you all liked this format, because it is going to happen from time to time. I like it better than just having to put up an episode delay. Yeah. Um, although, this is not the... Not, this is not the new normal. This is just something we're going to do from time to time. We're also hopefully going to get a chance to pre-record a few of these for times where we literally can't. Um, because, like, we just got back in town from a place where Blackbeard's ghost apparently is, and we didn't even get to talk to him. I know. We tried. I brought, I bought a, not bought, I brought a ghost app and everything, but there is a reasonable chance I was talking to Theodosia Burr or some other lady who was buried on the island. Yep. And, uh, meanwhile, I got a Ouija board tattooed to my chest and nothing happened. Which is weird because there wasn't a tattoo shop and he just woke up with it on his chest. Yeah. Okay, I will say that we were staying in a cabin and when I went downstairs the next morning, everybody was like, man, we could just hear you walking around all night. Because I had said, you know, I'm the most likely to be awake late, so I'm gonna, let's take the upstairs because then I can sit on the couch and watch TV and not bother anybody. Well, I actually fell asleep pretty quickly. It's like, man, you were walking around all night. And like, you're walking down to this part. And I'm like, okay, I walked around a little bit to put a couple things away. I never walked to that part of the cabin. So there was a ghost pacing our cabin and getting me in trouble. These ghosts are always getting you in trouble. You know, actually, my ghosts are pretty nice. And my ghost talks to me through my cat. Um, Like, she checks something when I'm upset, but she, she doesn't directly communicate with me. But, like, if I can't find something, I'll be like, Fezzik, where are my glasses? And then I'll then I'll immediately know where my glasses are. If I do it with any other cat, I could have been looking for, like, an hour. Any other cat, I can't find them. But Fezzik, I think I think Mrs. B likes Fezzik. Because as soon as I ask him, I always know where it is or it appears in a place I already looked. Yeah. And honestly, though, who could blame her? Blame her? Like, he's got three legs. He's chunky. He likes to hug. Yeah, it's, it's gotten to the point where I don't even help her look for stuff anymore. I just say, have you asked Fezzik yet? Then she asks him and immediately gets up and goes to where her glasses are. Mm-hmm. All right, so our cat is trying to claw her way under the door right now. So we probably should wrap this up. Where can people find us? Well, they can find us on Twitter at OnTheTestPod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OnTheTestPod, on Instagram at OnTheTestPod, on TikTok at OnTheTestPod, and... Our website, onthetestpod.com. Our website is a work in progress, but it is literally being worked on. Um, oh, the only other thing we didn't talk about is I have a mohawk now. Oh, yeah. You've got a mohawk. Yeah, it's kind of like this cool mohawk, faux hawk, mullet thing that I can turn into a legit mohawk if I want to, but it looks cool no matter what. Yeah, it's she did poke me in the eye with it, though. I so. actually did when I had it full mohawk because I was curious to see if I could. Um... Not see if I could poke them in the eye, see if I could make it into a full mohawk. So my uh, message for the end of this episode, folks, is don't be scared to get the haircut. Yeah. Like, I've wanted a haircut kind of like this ever since I was 12, 11, and I've always been too chicken for it. But I decided to go for it. And yes, it is still it is still Draco Malfoy blonde, which I'm also digging because my hair color is naturally almost black. So yeah, if it's not hurting anybody and you can afford it, go for the thing. Do the thing. That is my words of wisdom for this week. That is a good wisdom. And on that note, class class dismissed. dismissed.